You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Okay. Babe, you bring me peace. Oh, that's nice. I was prepared for something like really outlandish. So my soundbite <laughs> today was the only pressure I'm interested in is the ones that make diamonds. Baby. Dead ass, though. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. This story time is going to take us back to before marriage. Hmm. Even though, you know, I wanted to talk about peace in marriage. But this story time in particular takes us back to when I knew that you were the one person in the world that brought me peace. Hmm. This was 2007. Okay. 2000. No, 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 no. This is 2006. Mm-hmm. My rookie year in the NFL. And this is the first time I had been away from my family. I had been away from you for months at a time because I was a free agent trial for the Detroit Lions. And the first preseason game, um, I played okay. I had two solo tackles. I didn't get a lot of opportunity because I was a free agent, of course. You don't get a lot of opportunity. But now in this second preseason game, um, Eddie Drummond, who was the starting punt returner, kick return at the time, was just like, oh, my groin is hurting me. I don't really want to return. And they were just like, yo, Ellis, here's your opportunity. You're going to start punt return, kick return this day. And we were playing the Cleveland Browns. And on this day, you had flew in the second mm-hmm. preseason game. You had flew in uh, prior to that week of practice mm-hmm. to spend the week with me. And I was so nervous going into this week of practice because – I had never returned punts and kicks as a starter in college. Mm-hmm. I was the number one receiver in college, so they kept you away from special teams because they didn't want you to be injured. I returned kicks in college when 
they needed someone to make a play. They would throw me back there and be like, yo, DeVal, can you get us past a 50? Clutch shooter. So, yeah, they would, just, they would <laughs> do that. But I was never a starting punt return kick returner. Right. So now they're asking me to return punts and kicks in the NFL. I was nervous. Kadeen gets there on that, I think, Tuesday, the day I have off. Off and day, yep. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were the best practices I had ever had at the <laughs> Detroit Lions at that point. And part of it was because my focus wasn't solely on practice. Right. I knew that my baby was back home. I was thinking about um, finally having a reprieve when I got back to my hotel room mm-hmm. because at the time when we were in camp, you're not allowed to bring people to the hotel room. So Kadeen had got an extended stay and I used to just <laughs> go in there and leave. They had to be back for curfew, but that's all my mind was on. But that allowed me a place of peace mm-hmm. amongst all the chaos at practice. And having that little bit of reprieve helped me because number two, I was finally eating dinners during my breaks for the two a days. We would meet up and have lunch. Mm-hmm. And it just really meant a lot to me that someone could be my sense of peace amongst everything that was going on. And it was at that time, I'll never forget, it was 2006 that summer that I was just like, this is what it must feel like to have a wife at home. This is my peace. It was us plain, plain adults for me. You know, we thought we were <laughs> doing all the things. You know what I mean? I was being somebody's wife before my time. <laughs> you were. And what happened at preseason game? You ended up proposing. I did, no, 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 not in no, proposing. not the game. No. But I mean, the, the shortly game. After. Shortly after that, I proposed. Shortly but after, but. after that game was the best preseason game, <laughs> game I of had. His had. Life. Yeah, I ended up returning career. a kick. I ended up um, catching three passes, and finally, the coach is like, "Yo, this kid can make plays," and I ended up making a team after that, pretty much based on that preseason. Let game. me tell you, baby, so, it was worth the blood, sweat, and tears yes, that I had to hear about from Mimi <laughs> when I had to tell your girl at twenty-something years old that I was moving. To Michigan to be with my boo. No, on a perfect day, I, I know, know that I can count on you. <laughs> when, when that's, that's not possible, possible tell me, can you weather the storm? The storm. Cause I need somebody who oh. will stand by me. See, you got allergy issues too? No, 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 that's in the part you could have sung because you're <laughs> a little higher, but you can't, so I jumped in. I, can, I appreciate you though. Through the good times and bad times, she will always, always be right there. <laughs> Sunny days, everybody loves them. Let me tell you, you can't sing can you boys stand to the rain? men. I can, I've listen because of you, I can stand the rain. Well, I mean, I there's the new right edition, now. the original version. There's the boys to men version. I didn't try the new also. edition one. I, that's they was worked. kids. You I, know how their voices <laughs> was at that point. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But there was a bass, uh, a bass singer in boys to men, wasn't there? Yeah, I forgot yeah, his name. Forgot his name. All but... I know is that you can't try to sing like Wanye. No. Wanye have you going to get a headache, having a stroke. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, y'all. I'm going to go get some water, and uh, we're going to move into um, the no, meat of the show. To, yeah, we go back to We'll go back to story time. time. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say, let's go into listener letters. Look at me being nosy fast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all. Losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. 
That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes. No nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, we back now. Back, back, back from story time. I feel like we were each other's piece really, really early on, even prior to um, you being in Detroit. 
yeah. just in general, like getting through college, it was such a different experience. I know just for me, at least of mm-hmm. finally being away from home in mm-hmm. a way I say that lightly because we were going back and forth for the most part between Hofstra and, and Brooklyn. It was like right. a 45 minute drive. So I never really felt like I was too far away from home. If I ever needed to go, we went. Right. Um, but there was just like a sense of peace that I think we always had whenever we were together, regardless of where we were on campus. I had my own four walls that you were very much a part of. Yes. Um, part of all your walls. I knew you were going to say it. We said it was the same time. It was a perfect setup. (laughs) (laughs) I always stay setting myself up. But, um, but yeah, it was almost like the sense of when the world could have literally been crumbling around us and we would not have noticed. I mean, the world has crumbled around us a couple of times. When you think about the things that we've been through in our life, um, from the NFL, getting cut, moving back, the recession, Mm -hmm. um, Rebuilding, Re- rebuilding, building some more uh, surgeries, emergency, emergency surgeries after labor and delivery. Like yeah. there's been a lot of times where it seemed like things were crumbling and we've been able to be each other's peace. Mm-hmm. But let's let's talk a little bit about it, because um, in an interview earlier this year, Steve Harvey gave credit to his wife for helping him create the career that he has today. You know, he said the career that people see today, I can only tell you that it came from the peace she provided. Harvey said it freed my mind up to become the creative that I wanted to be. How does peace in your marriage help you in your personal goals and endeavors? <sighs> That's a good one. I didn't actually see the interview. Did you? I did. I saw okay. part of it. Um, I know that there was it was it was met with some praise mm-hmm. and some vitriol mm. because some people felt as if he was taking shots at his ex-wives mm. and saying that you know he can't just credit this one woman for everything that he has. Right. I um, guess because I guess the the side of that that people would probably want to mention is that he's been working on his career for a long time so right. but maybe it wasn't necessarily in the most peaceful environment that he was having right. to work through this so maybe right. that's why he's crediting his current wife right margie mm-hmm. and i mean once again i mean this is his perspective of his life you know we we find out through social media that everyone has opinions about someone else's perspective <laughs> on part. their own life their own life yeah so and then a lot of time their opinions come are often projections of things that they've gone through Mm -hmm. in their own life Mm -hmm. so it could have been a lot of people whose boyfriends went on and married someone else because they weren't peace Mm -hmm. and then you find out that you know oh oh so i wasn't his peace and then it has to be he's the reason why right um a lot of people were posting this interview and posting his comments and and a lot of women were upset saying well he was married four times so he wasn't those women's peace either which is fair <laughs> that's fair to say yeah. but that doesn't mean that marjorie shouldn't be credited as being his piece right once because, he finally found it right and peace goes both ways right so just because he credits his current wife doesn't mean that he's absolved of not being peace mm-hmm. for his previous wife right and you i think also saying? too the thing we should keep in mind is that peace probably looks different for everybody absolutely like we were talking pre-show like peace can be so many different things for so many different per- people right and i think tapping into your spouse's desired avenues of getting to peace is necessary rather than you trying to implement whatever you think that peace should look like and it's not really it that is true it's not really it that is true well there was another woman who i think shortly after i forgot the the, the clip but she had created a post that also went viral saying that you know, all you women out here who are going out here to be quote unquote bad bitches saying you make six figures and saying you do this and you do that um, are not realizing that a man that's looking for peace doesn't need you to list the things that you've accomplished to be his peace. What if all the things you accomplished don't bring mean him peace? Mean nothing to him. Yeah. 
And then she was met with backlash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of women were saying, well, does that mean that I can't have my own and be my own boss? Mm -hmm. I, in order to be a, a man's piece, I got to be his mama. But that's not um, necessarily needed to be the person's piece. Somebody to wash your drawers and clean your cooking, you know, cook for you and things like that. That's not necessarily peace for a man either. So then and that comes to what I wanted to discuss with you today is how do we get to a point where a man's piece mm -hmm. is all put into a list of one thing? Like all men require this. The same thing for women. Like there's no one list that a man has to <laughs> require in order to meet a woman's piece. You sure that one thing ain't just sex? Wouldn't that bring a lot of men peace if they got sex consistently from their wives? No. No. Because men find sex fairly often if you're if you're a type of man who gets sex from mm -hmm. women easily. I'm talking about in, in marriage. I mean, in assuming that it's a monogamous monogamous relationship. Um is, is sex a good place to start? Nah, I don't no. think sex is a good place to start. I think sex is part of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a good place to start. It may be like peace, that immediate tension reliever or that. Nah, sex can't bring you peace, though. Mm. Sex sex will relieve whatever's happening in that moment for a short period of time. Right. That's what I'm saying. That moment. that Right. Release. That moment. But peace comes from a totality of things. Mm -hmm. Right. So, for example, if you spend all the money, you can't cook, you, you can't clean, you never home because you're out with your friends, or you never home because you're out making your own money, but then the, the short amount of time you are home, you be just fucking, that doesn't that bring doesn't, peace. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many other things that are involved in creating peace mm -hmm. that I think that we as a society are trying to find what peace is for everyone by looking through one lens. Mm -hmm. And that fails for men and women because you hear men say all the time, oh, in order to have create peace for a woman, all you need is money. Which is not the case because there are a lot of rich men whose wives have said, I don't feel peaceful here. I mean, Bill Gates and his wife are getting a divorce. That part. You know, and here's a man who has unlimited amounts of resources and his wife wasn't feeling at peace married to him. So it, it's not always money. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at um, some of the most beautiful women in the world who have been cheated on, mm -hmm. you know, you would think that sex cures everything. She's a beautiful woman. They must have great sex all the time. She was still cheated on. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that sex cures everything for a man. I think that what we have to do as a people is start to realize that individuals require different things. And the minute you try to tailor make what that individual needs based on what you think everyone else is saying is when you're going to fail. Right. That part. You have to ask your partner. Absolutely. What creates peace for them? Mm -hmm. You know, you ain't going to find it online. Right. You know, if, if I listen to social <laughs> the media, the worst place to start, y'all. It is. It is the worst. Really, the place worst to place to start, to start for sure. Well, we have seven ways to keep peace in your marriage, and this mm. came from, um, I believe, Triple said an article well, or on, a before, love or website. We yeah. I want to know what peace looks like for you as a woman. Mm -hmm. Before we even get to trying to keep the peace, what does peace look like? Peace looks like for me. So there's for me, I think um, peace is very synonymous with security. Mm -hmm. um, being able to feel like I can let my guard down, mm -hmm. that I don't necessarily have to worry about certain things. So you don't, you're not even talking about financial security right now. You're talking not about just, just security in general. Just security in general. I mean, financial security does have a lot to do mm -hmm. with it because that does create a lot of stress in general for people. Mm -hmm. And that's man, woman, child, like whoever. Mm -hmm. um, but for me in general, I think that peace looks really... Um, being protected. First. Yeah, yeah, feeling protected, feeling safe, feeling taken care of. 
if I'm talking in relation to my spouse, um, being able to have the latitude to do the things that I'd like to do, whether mm-hmm. it's professionally, personally, having that support mm-hmm. also brings me peace because I also feel like I have somebody who is on the same page as me. We can move in one accord, um, who will support me wholeheartedly in whatever those decisions are and look like. Um, those things for me are just peace where there's just, there's no, just, dis- I mean, I can't even say no disagreement because I think the disagreement sometimes mm-hmm. is necessary to get you to what it is we really want. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a feeling taken care of kind of sense is what I enjoy. Even uh-huh. when people talk about, um, for example, submitting to a man because you know he can be a leader like i Mm -hmm. have no problem doing that Mm -hmm. and i find peace in leaning on my husband or empowering him to be the man and to be the one to head the household and i'm okay taking you know Mm -hmm. the supporting character role or or Mm -hmm. following his lead because i know that you have it under control and there's a sense of peace that i have with that so i wanted i wanted to speak on and i appreciate you talking about that because that's also a big time topic when it comes to finding peace mm-hmm. um cuz i think cam newton also said something that went crazy on twitter when he was saying like a lot of women come out here and the first thing when they go on a date is once again that he used a quote and he said he's using the quote based on what they say not on what he feels but mm-hmm. i'm a boss bitch mm-hmm. i don't need a man i don't need xyz and it's like well cool that's how people that's, are leading on dates right and he's that's saying but that's with? not what i'm looking for to uh, be my piece right and so that's, that's okay. what you want to do that's fine but that's not what i'm looking for he's mm-hmm. gonna he's, and he, he said you know shut up <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> but can you cook can you clean mm. oh that's i know you he probably wants. got some uh yeah, he got backlash, some backlash for, for that but but there were also some women who i saw who were just like i don't see what's wrong with him saying what he wants, what he in wants his piece. because then he can find someone Who's right. willing to do that? Because he's he's valued at over half a billion dollars. He's not necessarily looking for someone to be his financial partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's okay for him to say what he wants. And this was a this was men and women saying that mm-hmm. why is it every time a man says what they want or need for peace, women find fault with it, mm-hmm. but women are allowed to create their lists. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that comes That's from fair. that is fair. That is fair because, but that also, if you understand history. And knowing that women have very rarely had the voice to speak about the things they want and they need in the history of life. Right. That now women finally have a voice to say yeah, it. They want to be vocal are, about it. Right, they want to be vocal about it. Mm-hmm. So we can't just now say, well, it has to be even. No, it's not going to be even. Mm-hmm. You know, the tide is turning and we have to accept the fact that the patriarchy is no longer controlling the narrative. What I can't understand and what grinds my gears sometimes with social media is that we encourage people to be transparent, right? Mm. To be authentic, to speak your truth, to let people know how you really feel. And then when you do that, you're then met with so much, you know, aggression from people. Right. First day, if it does not speak to you, then leave it alone. I feel because you. he's has he's well within his right to say what it is he's looking for in a woman. It may not be useless. It may not be useless. But sis over here is probably like, you know what? I'm cool with that because. Right. I don't mind cooking and cleaning and catering to a man because that's what will fulfill me. That is true. And then we can't fault her for doing that because that's what's going to make that's her happy. That's going to make her happy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's always going to be the... But but I mean, that. but that also goes to also when you put something out on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like the same way you're entitled to your opinion and create a list about the things you want to for peace. People are entitled to have their opinion about what you said. What you said. So if people are not going to be in agreement, you can't get upset. Right about it if people are going to get upset about what you said that comes with it yeah 
you know, you could have chosen not to share it, mm -hmm. but you chose to share it. And this is what happens. And right. I think you'll find peace in social media when you realize that people are entitled to have their opinions about what you say. Exactly. But that's another podcast in itself. Mm -hmm. What I was going back to was you talking about being protected. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, as a man. We often think being protected, protecting our woman often means, well, if someone comes to approach my woman, I got to fight them, mm -hmm. right? But protection comes in so many different forms. It does. For example, going through your pregnancy, going to the doctor, right? You always felt protected because you knew I would advocate for you. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with physical protection, but you knew my husband is always going to advocate for me and my health. So mm -hmm. you could kind of let your guard down and relax. Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of people need to realize that that part of protection is probably more uh, in the forefront of what women are looking for than someone to actually physically fight mm -hmm. or speak up for them. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that I remember we just talked this, told this story about when you're working at the hot zone mm -hmm. and your cameraman was late and typically he finds a spot on the red carpet as you yeah. as a reporter. Yeah. But I drove you there and he wasn't there yet. So mm -hmm. I parked the car. Yep. And I sure acted did. as your cameraman and I got in that spot. <laughs> I was like, find said, me my spot. Because, you know, that red carpet line for media, they just have papers on top of papers right. of all the different outlets and sources. And I fished out my paper. And this was like one of my first few times yeah. that I'd been out. So I was still trying to get my groove. And I was like, Deval, listen, I need you to come <laughs> hold my spot here, okay? Because they're not about to bully me. I'm about to get my story. And and in that moment, you're, you talked about a woman being submissive or playing the back role mm -hmm. in that moment i was playing the back role mm -hmm. because you were the star mm -hmm. so i was there to just be your piece so that you could focus on your interviews and i could focus on all the other bullshit around it exactly. and i think that's that in turn is what peace really looks like in a marriage mm -hmm. right it isn't designed or dedicated to a gender mm -hmm. it's dedicated to what your partner needs in that in moment, moment. Yep. you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. so when we talk about what a wife needs to provide peace for a husband or vice versa, it isn't dedicated to a gender. It's mm -hmm. dedicated to what your partner needs in that moment. And maturity is realizing that regardless of what gender you are or identify with, if your partner needs you in that moment to do something, you're willing to jump in in that moment and get it done. Mm -hmm. um, I cooked and cleaned when Kadeen was working full-time as a makeup artist, when she books things and she's gone for a week at a time, and it was just me, Cairo, and Kaz, and Jackson in the apartment, mm -hmm. I had to make breakfast. I had to get the kids ready for school. I had to make sure everything was clean. I ran Kadeen's bath when she came home to make sure that she was comfortable after being out on her feet all day. That's not a gender responsibility as a man. Right. You know, that's to, a who's better equipped in this moment right. to be that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what peace is. Mm -hmm. I also think peace is picking your battles and picking your time wisely mm. for example mm. is it wise in this moment to bring my husband this little issue or something that may be bothering me Ooh. knowing Ooh. that in this moment mm, he has a lot of things going on or this may be a big moment for him and this is something very minute or he's coming home from work a long day and has been stressed out and has been tired and is really just not going to want to be met at the door with combat so maybe peace is going to look like for him, me putting my feelings on the back burner for now because it just may not be the right time. Or is it that big of a deal that I need to even disrupt his peace to discuss this? We've had moments like that where I was not using my better judgment yeah. and I'd brought things your way and you were just like, really? Like now? Now is not the best time? Yeah. Or did you really have a problem with this or that? And then in retrospect, I'll look back and say, Kadeen, like that really wasn't 
necessary in that moment. See, I, 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 once again, it's maturity. This is definitely maturity. Mid thirties, late thirties. Right. Deval and Kadeen speaking. <laughs> not we, as are we late thirty? Yeah, we late thirties. Yeah. Yeah, we late thirties. This is it's a wrap for us now. It's a wrap. But um, <laughs> this is us speaking <laughs> from years of figuring it trial out trial and error like a mug you know, up in this bitch let me tell y'all that giving each other grace and understanding that the as you're requiring peace what you need in peace changes mm -hmm. right so not jumping on your spouse the moment you don't get exactly what you want mm -hmm. but allowing them to work through a lot of these moments and figuring it out and still expecting that they're going to make mistakes mm -hmm. or not even make mistakes because it's never a mistake they're going to make choices sometimes that often reflects what they needed in the moment mm -hmm. and it's like okay maybe i in this moment should choose to be their piece mm -hmm. and there's a balance there's a there's a dance that goes with it it's never a streamless like kadeen and i don't get it twisted we're not at a point in our marriage where we're like i know exactly what peace looks like for my wife <laughs> so when i wake up in the morning i just do everything from from 9 a.m to 9 p.m that just creates the greatest sense of peace we still argue Ciao. we still look at each other and Please. be like how could you for example <laughs> for example we came back and in me trying to be a place of peace for my wife i knew she wanted to get her nails done so kadeen had booked for Kyron cast to have swimming lessons mm -hmm. jackson had basketball practice mm -hmm. and all of this was happening around three o'clock yeah but she and Mimi, also Mimi and Papa weren't here. And Mimi and Papa weren't here. Mm -hmm. But she also wanted to get her nails done. Her nail appointment was at one thirty or one thirty. Yeah. So in me trying to be her piece, I said, let me just allow her to do that. I'm gonna handle it. And in me else. trying to be his piece, I'm like, babe, I could totally move my nail appointment because I know it's gonna be a lot to have stuff going on. So we're both hearts in the right place, right. trying to be a space of peace. So I was like, no, go ahead, get your nails done. At the time, I didn't know where her nail appointment was. So she goes. To get her nail appointment and now i woke up in the morning i got jackson ready for school got the boys ready for school took them to school came back home she took the baby to keith and bianca's house went to get her nails done at the same time the best buy people came to fix the theater right so now i'm up kids like go get a nap couldn't get a nap because i had a strange man in my house had to meet <laughs> jackson at the bus stop to bring him back home had to pick up Kyron cast to bring him back here to pick up jackson to get him ready for basketball practice Drove in traffic to get them ready for swimming. Now I'm there swimming, waiting for Kadeen to come to relieve me so that I could take Jackson to basketball practice. Kadeen decides you want to stop to get food. I didn't decide I wanted to stop to get food. My husband was hungry and said, babe, I could wow. use a salad or something to eat. It's been You wasn't getting two. food before that? I actually wasn't getting food before that. He didn't know that? Now you lying. Deval. In any event. In any event. In any event. Kadeen was late. Right? She was late. I ended up having to... Sit there the whole time to get to for swimming with Cairo and Kaz. After Cairo and, after Kate got there after the whole thing, I then had to drive an hour and a half traffic to take Jackson to basketball practice. Then drive a whole hour back, which means I was going all day. Now, me trying to be her sense of peace, her trying to be my sense of peace. Our wires got crossed, mm -hmm. right? And we were just. Neither one of us were peaceful. I mean, she was peaceful because she was home with the kids, but I wasn't peaceful. That's not peaceful, neither. <laughs> but okay. Man, do you know how much traffic I sat in all day? No, no, no. You I sat and got bad. See, you gentlemen. said I was in peace with the kids. I was making a joke because it's like, how can you really have peace when you have 
three boys with you. I'll be at peace with my kids. I know. When I'm downstairs, when I'm downstairs and the boys be just around me at home, I'll be chilling. Like I I'll be, that is good. I'll times. Be Our peace. kids are really good. I shouldn't say that. They're really good. My whole point is, is that even in that moment mm-hmm. where we were trying to be peaceful with each other, we've been together for 20 years. There was still chaos mm-hmm. and there was still moments where it was just like, why would you do that? Because in my mind, I was thinking, why would you set an appointment for one thirty? No one is going to take you at least an hour to get back. And your nails don't take 15 minutes, which means you knew you weren't going to be back at three o'clock for the for the swimming lesson anyway. But it's like neither here nor there. But once I figured that out, that's when I said, babe, I will go ahead and cancel my appointment so that way we can have more hands on deck today. And you said, nah, babe, we could figure it out. So you see what I'm saying? So the whole point of the story is even while you're trying to be peace for someone else, it's never perfect. Mm -hmm. And allowing your partner, allowing grace for your partner to make some decisions and you trying to adjust on the decision is how marriage works. You know, peace doesn't look like one thing. Like as, as a man, I'm not saying... You know, we got to have sex every day. You got to make six figures. You got to have two degrees. Uh, your body has to look a certain way. The breakfast has to be every morning. Dinner has to be on the table. The kids got to be taken care of. That's not what I need in, in every day. And some people might need that. Some Right. Some, some men, men might that require that. that. Or some men might require that on Monday. But on Tuesday, they might require something different. Some women may require that you make a whole bunch of money to take them places and do stuff. But you might meet a woman who makes her own money, mm-hmm. who doesn't require you to be her peace financially. She may require you to be her peace at home. She may want you to be home when she gets home because she works in on Wall Street or she works in the industry where she's just putting up 14, 16 hours a day. Her peace may not come from you making a lot of money and paying all the bills. She mm-hmm. may have that covered. Right. So the whole point is being someone's peace means that you need to focus on what that person needs and not what society is telling you based on your gender mm-hmm. should be doing to be that person's peace. Or not being focused on what you think that person might need for their peace. Because like we do often, I feel like mm-hmm. you and I, we have moments where both of our hearts may be in the right place when we do something. Or we may, we may, we may do something because we feel like this is what Deval needs in this mm-hmm. moment. And that's not, that's not necessarily what you needed or wanted in that Yeah, moment. I told you exactly what right. I needed. I don't need you to curate your idea of what you think I need <laughs> when I'm telling clearly you exactly. I'm like, my, my way is better, so I'm going to give him what he wants, sugarcoated and, in my and way. That's, I'm glad you brought that point up because I think that's often lost um, in relationships. Mm-hmm. People's intent. Right. right. Not for lack of effort. Not for, not for lack of effort, but their intent, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, because Kay brought up sex. She knows that I like when she dress up. I like when she puts on the, the nurse outfit and the, the cheerleading outfit and stuff like that. It's time, and you know when you had it for so many years that it starts to crack and stuff? Yeah, that, that nurse outfit that is nurse that, outfit, that's done. It's, 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 it's run its course. run its course. The fake leather is it's, not leather. It's not even like leathering no to. more. And Mm-mm. you've grown in a lot of areas. That so part. it don't even stretch the way it needs nah, to. Nah, it's not giving <laughs> so what it's supposed to. For years I've been saying this is exactly what I like. So then Kadeen will come in in a leotard. And she'd be like, I thought this was cute. Remember the bodysuit story? I remember Did the bodysuit. Did we body- tell it at the live show? We told it at the live One show. One of the live shows. But that's, that's Speaking a of perfect which, example. Oh, yeah, yeah. The live shows are starting to come back. Come. But um, when your partner tells you exactly what they want or what they need, don't give them your version of what you think they want or need. Listen. Just listen. And the, and the truth is, sometimes you don't even know what your partner wants or needs because you're just not listening. Not that you're not, not that you're ignoring it. You're just not listening. Kadeen and I went through this on my end too as well, where I was trying to figure out what Kadeen wanted. I was like, I don't know how to be Kadeen's piece because 
She's not telling me what she needs. Half the time, Kadeem don't know what the <laughs> hell is going to be her piece, neither. But the truth so, is, though, uh, <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were saying what you needed and wanted, but I was trying to give you your idea, my idea of what your piece looked right. like. When Kadeem decided in her life where she was really focused more on being a housewife and being a mom, I was like, I know my wife wants to be the next Oprah. Mm -hmm. I know she wants to conquer the world in media. Yeah. So I was constantly pushing for her to, to pursue that dream and ignoring the fact that she was being clear to me that in this moment I want to be a wife and a mom, like, yeah. And I just kept pushing. That's where my piece was, and that's where her, and that's where her piece was. And I was mm -hmm. just like, well, I remember saying to you, I said, well, when we first met, this is what you said. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, dang, that was fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, guys, this October is going to be twenty years. Yeah. together, so much has happened in twenty years. Yeah, and we would hope that we're not the same person in twenty years that we were at eighteen. I'll take no, some bits I'm, and pieces of my little eighteen-year-old self along my waistline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? My hair. Um, but yeah, we've grown together. I think that sometimes the harder part for people to do is to just grow, yeah, and find ways to maneuver being that piece for that person yeah. because it changes depending on what the hell you got going on in your life. And making a decision to be that person's piece, not making a decision to be married because you need peace. That's a huge point, right? Deciding to be married because you need peace. Yes. That probably sounds like the most ass backward thing ever. Bro. Why would you want to decide to marry somebody else to find peace? Listen, having to, to, to contend with somebody else's feelings and emotions and all that. Like you can't just elect to do that just because you're looking for peace. But that's what people, people go into marriages looking at what they can receive from it. As opposed to saying, I'm going into this marriage because of what I offer and what I can give. Mm -hmm. And when you go into marriage with that egocentric you know, selfish mindset, you're always going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because now you're looking at your partner and saying, you're not giving me what I need. Oh you're not goodness. giving me. And you're not, Absolutely. you're not even pouring into your partner. That's the first step to resentment. Absolutely. Like I, you were supposed to do all of these things and I thought this was going to happen and it didn't. So right. then you owe me in a sense. Well, here's my thing. How, do you even, this is to, to goes to what Steve Harvey said, right? As a man, do you provide a place for your wife to be your piece, mm. right? So for example, um, say you want a wife. This is just a, an example. It's not anyone in particular because Steve didn't say this and I don't want to be quoted as Steve said this. Mm -hmm. But say you want a wife that cooks, cleans, makes sure everything's taken care of when you get home. Are you providing a place with latitude for her to do those things? Mm -hmm. Or are you also saying you have to do those things and I need half of the rent Every right. month, you're going to pay your own car note. Right. Oh, the kids need to be picked up. That's your job. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What I know what I did for Kadeem was I know what I required for my piece. So I tried to be all the other things for Kadeem so that she could have the latitude to be those things for me. Right. And that comes from being someone's piece. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wait a minute. The only way Kadeem can be my piece is if I'm her piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, understood. So it's like I I have to put the work in mm -hmm. to make sure you have the bandwidth to provide me with peace. Mm -hmm. If I'm not providing you peace first, how could I require that you be my peace? Right. And that's what I'm saying. Marriage is about serving. You have to say, you know what? I want to be married because I can be of service, and that's part of the the peace and pressure mm -hmm. part. As a man, I felt like based on what I require from my wife. I can't get married until I can provide the right amount of protection. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you've successfully done so. 
I appreciate that. My lord. I appreciate that. And you, you've also done the same thing, my queen. Thank you, right? sir. You've worked your ass <laughs> off to be able to say, I can put these things. And it's another thing, too. It's a lot of things you're still figuring out, though, man. It's always Jesus. stuff to figure out because we're still relatively young. Yeah. And we still have the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. But I've watched you over time make decisions mm-hmm. about yourself and your career in order to be peace not only to me but our children as well mm-hmm. because we have a responsibility now as parents to be their peace yeah you understand what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i've watched you in the morning wake up and say you know what rather than me taking care of kadeen first let me for example the days you're gonna leave early and be gone all day babe what do you want for, for breakfast because mm-hmm. i'm getting ready to leave Right. And I'm just like, dang, I'm not ready to get up. So then you'll make something and put it on a hot plate and be like, it'll be prepared. Or you'll say, I'll make the shake, put it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. This is you deciding when you wake up, how can I be of service to my husband before I leave? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because Kadeen, 10, 15 years ago, probably would have got up and left. And Gone. Been like, He's good. He's an adult. He's grown. He can Gone. make his own shit. And Gone. then <laughs> devout. <laughs> I'll come home to devout. Would you have all day? Nothing. Nothing. It's about this mad food in the fridge, yeah, but you know. And be pissed. And be pissed. And be and be pissed. Because I felt like I'm I'm working my ass off 18 hours a day to be your peace financially. I wanted you to work to be my peace. And the only way we got to that is by doing what? Talking about it. Mm-hmm. I used to say to Kadeen, part of the reason why I don't eat is because my mind be going so much on what I need to do to be able to be there for you that I don't think about myself. If I'm always thinking about you and you're thinking about you, who's thinking about me? But you have to openly say that. And if you don't say it and you sit back and you expect your partner to just figure it out. Right. Or you're dropping clues all day hoping that they just, you know, put two and two together. It don't work. Don't really work like that. It don't work. It doesn't work like that. It don't work. So since you talk about clues. Yeah. You have the seven ways. The seven ways to to keep keep peace in your your marriage. All right. Let's start with number one. Be the first to apologize. Whether or not your spouse is in the wrong alongside you doesn't matter. What matters is whether you're willing to step up and say you're sorry first. Don't wait around for the spouse to come to you. If you have something you need to apologize for, go ahead and do it. This will open the door for your spouse to respond in kind if he or she has been holding out. Be sure to only apologize if you actually have something to apologize for. I agree with that. Yeah. I also agree. uh, This statement I love when it comes to marriage and apologies. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And a lot of times people refrain from apologizing because they want to be right. Mm-hmm. Because if I apologize, that means I'm admitting fault. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm going to avoid admitting fault because I have to win. Right. You know and no one saying? likes accountability, right? You know, it's like I, I, got, I have to win. So I can't admit fault. I have to just say, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the way I did it. So and, I say, and as long as I win, I'm good. But then you win and y'all not talking. So are you happy? Right. You know what I'm Isn't saying? Isn't there like a term for that too? It's like right fighting? Like... You're, you're fighting to be right or well, you're arguing was, to be right. That Remember was we the spoke term that? Um, Gia and Envy uh, Gia came up and, with. And, Gia, and my bad. Yeah. Gia and Envy came mm-hmm. up with was um, right fighting. Right fighting, So yeah. it doesn't matter what the argument, what the argument is, is. I just got to be right. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's something that we exercise, though. We really try to get to the root of what the problem is. And, and we, we, work we don't agree on it. Because there was, I'm a very argumentative person. I was <laughs> on a debate team at Andrew Tully Junior High School. Listen, so, good boy be trying to argue with me as a sport, y'all. I, ain't, I don't be trying to argue with you as a sport. He thinks it's a sport, I y'all. don't, but you did bring up sex. I be tired. I would, some of our best sex be after arguments. That, um, 
that that feistiness that that the correlation that um that west indian <laughs> jamaican spice comes out when mm-hmm. you're angry and that's sometimes when i get the best you know arch back you know? <laughs> When you mad first and then you want to prove. Aha, I see say I'm the blind man. Because <laughs> I'm like, good God, this guy likes to just pick oh on me. Okay. Um, you want to read number two or I'll read it? I'll read it. Mm-hmm. Own your mistakes. Avoiding responsibility for bad decisions you make or hurtful things you say to your spouse will only make wounds fester and grow worse over time. Even though you might not want to admit to any wrongdoing, it's best to bite the bullet and admit you made a mistake. Your spouse will be more likely to extend forgiveness sooner if you're willing to own your part when you apologize. Yeah. That, that ain't always true. Just because one person's accountable doesn't mean the other person's automatically going to be accountable. We've, no. We've I mean, gone through that. And yeah. I don't, I don't want to say this and then people feel like, well, I own mine. Now you got to own yours. Yeah. Just because you own yours don't mean your spouse is going to own yeah, theirs. Yeah, because there may be one person very much in the wrong in that moment. Or that person just may still be someone who gets defensive. You mm-hmm. and I have gone through this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was an athlete most of my life. So accountability was a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Kadeen came from a family that didn't own accountability mm-hmm. it was just sweep things under a rug so even when i would say you know i was wrong for doing this and blah 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 kadeem would be like okay thank you <laughs> and i'd be like what you mean thank you like you ain't gonna admit no i appreciate you and she'd be like i didn't do nothing wrong <laughs> just like the whole gyro situation she still ain't gonna admit that she wanted to get a Guys, gyro tap in and let us know if you understood <laughs> me or, or deval's point of view on that go ahead but anywho just when you think about owning mistakes, think about gyros and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Are you <laughs> team, team gyro or team Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. That's right. what you got to think Fine. about. Fine. Don't tell me you vegan. Pick a side. <laughs> but Shit. no, Shit. but um, accountability does um, create a, spa- a safe space for your spouse to say, you know what? If he or she can admit their wrongdoings, then maybe I should start doing the same thing so we can get to the root issue. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there is no right or wrong. It's just different perspectives. And I think accountability comes with knowing that just because you can admit that you made a decision for yourself in that moment doesn't mean that it was a bad decision. Mm. A lot of times you see like mistake. I hate the word mistake. Yeah. Unless you accidentally fell on a decision, <laughs> it wasn't a mistake. <laughs> Nigga, you chose that. Right. So it's a, it's a either a, a decision you made for yourself and own well-being or did you make a decision for the greater good? That's why I don't say bad decision. Because a lot of times you and I had to, to come to terms with the fact that, you know what? The decision you made wasn't a bad decision. But that decision you made was for yourself in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you or didn't your decision think, in turn affected me right, negatively. Right. And because you weren't thinking about the greater good or all of us, your decision affected me negatively, but you gained greatly from it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you purposely wanted to hurt your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes it's like, dang, I'm, I'm making decisions for myself as opposed to making decisions for the group in mm-hmm. total. And the group, you mean you and your spouse or you, your spouse and your kids. Yep. And um, Kadena and I still go through that. Mm-hmm. Even after sure 20 do. years, you make a decision and it's just like, why would you make that decision? You know, and we both, have have done that. I mean, to each then other. it becomes that. Well, how can you not see why I made this decision? I'm explaining right. it to you, and he's like, right. "Well, I don't want you to explain it to me because this is the outcome. This is how I felt." That should be exhausting, y'all. But is that's that's but part that's, of it though? That's, that's part of peace. That's comes part of the peace. Territory. Trying to understand your partner's perspective, not agreeing with it, right? But understanding it. Okay, that part. I understand where you're coming from. 
I still made my decision based on where I was in that moment. I'm not a mind reader, mm -hmm. but I can understand how you took it that way. Yep. And as long as y'all can come to some sort of an agreement or understanding, you can move forward and not hold resentment. Yep. Number three, don't sweep things under the rug. Like Val said, I did on my side of family much of my life. Um, just hoping things will just kind of dissipate by itself if you don't mention it or look at it too tough. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> that's not the case. So if you've got any unresolved conflict under the surface of your marriage, sooner or later it's going to get bigger and bigger until you can't handle it yep. anymore. Okay? So don't sweep issues under the rug. Hide from them or send them down the road. Face them head on and acknowledge their presence so they can be less likely to keep growing. I think that's just straightforward. straightforward. Mm -hmm. Like the more you just hold stuff inside thinking it's going to go away, the bigger it becomes. Mm -hmm. And then a small issue becomes a huge issue. Right. And now you're arguing over temperatures on the thermostat. I like it at 72. <laughs> well, bitch, you got it at 73. Like, this, this, <laughs> a lot this of be times, marriage arguments. The, the sweeping under the, under the rug, too, a lot of time then kind of leads into that moment of blow up. Yes. And you have somebody blow up on you for something as simple as, you know, you shrunk my favorite shirt in the dryer. And then it's just like, well, bitch, <laughs> you haven't been doing laundry for weeks. And then it becomes like a whole... Yeah. You know, flood of, you know, let me pull out this Rolodex so I can tell you how many times you've annoyed me. Yeah. And I've suppressed it for, you know, so many times. But now this one little thing. Ooh, we've been there. Has erupted. Mm. We've been there. I, uh. But I mean, this really, and here's the, the argument that I've gotten from a lot of men, right? Is that when something bothers you initially as a man, right? Mm -hmm. Your first instinct isn't to go tell your wife because you mm -hmm. don't want to be a nag. Mm -hmm. Right? So you let it go. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you let it go and let it go and it keeps happening and it keeps happening. And finally you blow up because it's happening. It's happened so often. Mm -hmm. What I try to tell a lot of my homeboys is like, you can't blame your wife if she shows a behavior mm -hmm. and you let it go. In her mind, now she thinks that that behavior is okay. So when she keeps doing that behavior and you keep getting upset, mm -hmm. how can you blame her? Exactly. Because you never said anything. Never said it. And then they said, well, then if that was the case, every time something happens, I would say something. As you should. Mm -hmm. Kadeen and I, she knows. Every time I sit her down, I'm like, I just want to talk real quick. She'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> She's like, I feel like Here we, go. we have a talk every week. But let's be honest. If there's seven days in a week, right, 24 hours in a day, and you sit down once a week mm -hmm. and just talk for an hour about the things that bothered you, that's still less than 2% of the time you spend together. I guess if you put it that way. It is, though. Yeah. It is, though. I can see that. Because what's 24 times 7? Let me see that real quick. 898. 2. 108. Is it 108? No. No. What did you say? No. What's the number again? It's 168. Sorry. 24 times 7 is 168. Oh, 24 times 7, yeah. It's 168 mm -hmm. hours in a week. Mm -hmm. If you spend one hour of those 168 talking about the issues that bothers you in a week, I think that's, that's a good still investment. less than 1%. Mm -hmm. But that hour to people seemed like forever. Mm -hmm. We talked about this for an hour. And and then a lot of times Kadeen will say to me, I can't do anything right. And I'm just Never. like, for 167 hours in the week, I've praised you. But for this one hour, I just told you something that you did that was bothering me. And now you feel like I'm saying you don't do nothing right. That's not fair. That's not fair for you to just take this one hour and make it seem like I'm always blowing up on you. Yeah. And we've and had, shit, we've had that conversation though. before. Yeah. Right. But as an athlete, that's what happens after every practice. You have a practice, and after practice, they come sit you down and show you everything you've done wrong. And that's where accountability comes from because now you're prepared after practice to see, okay, we don't care how many passes you caught. 
But you see this one time that you were not at your depth, we have to focus on this because this one time could be the time that costs us a game. And for me, it, that became my reality. Mm -hmm. Let me approach something immediately. So we're not going to just collect all of the practice data and at the end of the week go over practice. We're going to attack it right after practice when it happens. So when something happens that I don't like, I'm not going to wait till the end of the week. Let's talk about it for 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and at the end of the week, at 20 minutes, maybe, okay, we had three discussions this week. And you're like, every day this week, every other day it was something. But those 20 minutes that you talk every other day, it may seem repetitive, but those are going to be the 20 minutes that make you a better spouse. Right. And that's what I try to tell husbands, too, when their wives bring them something in real time. It's like, oh, she always got something she want to talk about. Mm -hmm. How long does it take you to listen to her? Mm -hmm. Even if it's an hour a day, that's still seven hours out of 168 hours. Mm-hmm. That's still less than 3%. Right. You can't listen to your wife tell you what she needs for 3% of the time. Y'all going to be together all day? <laughs> think If you really think about that, if y'all spend an hour every day talking about the things that you liked and didn't like about each other, that's still less than 3% of the time that you had spent together. Imagine how many great moments you can have if you learn through your spouse like that. You see what I'm saying? I love that's but that's why it should be exhausting in the moment it, and, Kay, and, she, and Kay's gonna say she love it now but let me want to go to talk right? to her at the I'll end of this like, podcast listen I, listen I don't want the three percent of whatever <laughs> carried carry it to in the square root of 46 all that this mathematician over here will debate you through math have you run the circles around numbers math, but I just <laughs> I just want to be clear no you know? I appreciate and I want to put the work in clarity you know? That part. Number five. Encourage your spouse to face issues oh, number together. Four. Number oh, this four. number four. Speaking okay. of math, I can't even fucking count. <laughs> Go ahead. That's on you. Uh, you and your spouse can create peace together by facing down your conflicts, challenges, and issues as a team. The two of you are stronger together than you are apart. I agree with that a thousand percent. And if only one of you is fighting your battles, that could lead to resentment and conflict between the two of you. Put your heads together and create solutions and ideas that will lead you away from strife and toward a happy, peaceful existence together. Kay, did we not just have this moment? Literally. Screaming, crying. I'm not doing this by myself. Mm -hmm. I need a solution. Let's get solutions. I don't have any. <laughs> I'm not problem solving oriented. But figuring things out together. Together. We figure it out. We figure it out. Mm -hmm. As we should. Yes. I mean, shit. You're not going to just be relying on me to do it because God knows. That's, I don't even want to talk about it half the time, much less figure shit out. If there's one statement I hate or question I hate whenever we're having a discussion, is this question right here. What about what do you want me to do? That, that's why I'm talking to you about it, because I want to <laughs> brainstorm so we can figure it out together. Why the fuck are you going to ask me? I don't want to figure I, nothing out. Just tell me what you need so we can move on, because I'm tired. I'm going to tell you why I'm that talking. don't work. I'm going to tell you why that don't work. Because when I tell you what I want and then you don't do it, what do you want me to say after that? <laughs> This is the same woman that says, I'm tired. Tell me what you want. I said, well, I want you to dress up as a schoolgirl. Then she puts on a leotard. It and then I such said, a cute leotard, though, y'all. <laughs> it was giving single ladies. It was giving single ladies meets like Savage Fenty. You looked great. Thank you. But you said, I don't know what to do, Deval. What do you want? And I told you specifically <laughs> what I want. And well, you I gave me what you wanted. I find it in that moment. And the leotard was cute. So that's what you got. So, yes. Have these conversations, and no matter how exhausting they are, listen to each other, man, and face these issues together. Don't leave it up to your partner. Don't ever say that's on you, because you may not like the solution they come up with, <laughs> and that's the truth. 
Now, they come up with a solution and you're like, well, what the fuck they, is like, that? Actually, no, let's scratch everything that you just said and then we'll start over. <laughs> Speak the truth in love, number five. Sometimes you have something to say to your spouse and they don't want to hear it. And you know it's going to hurt you too when your spouse responds in pain or anger. Approach him or her in a loving way and lay all your cards on the table. If he or she has an issue that is hurting your marriage or family or is even just harmful to them in some way, you have to put it out there. It could be an addiction, hurtful behavior, or a number of things. Your spouse's well-being may depend on you speaking up. And if he or she goes down a destructive path, your marriage goes down too. Yeah. Sometimes that speaking truth in love don't be sounding very loving. You know, what you mean? like speaking truth. Like sometimes when you have to get your point across, it doesn't necessarily sound like the most loving way or tone, but it sometimes just has to be done to I mean, get your point across. I mean, I get what this because it's like you talk soft, you talk hard, and it's like, well, you gotta no, just well, say it. My truth may hurt your feelings, but how I say it can definitely soften the blow. Mm. And that's what I think is, is you speaking truth and love. I, I can't change the fact that I don't like this about you. Mm -hmm. But I can either scream it at you and talk down to you, or I can say it in a way where let's work on it on, on it, a way where we can both gain from so, it. Okay, so this you're thinking is more like the approach. Yes. Or how you become the bearer of what could potentially be seen as bad news. Right. How you deliver that. Right. For For example... When we first got married, financially, we weren't on the same path, right? Mm -hmm. There were certain things in your family history that you weren't taught, mm -hmm. certain things in mine that I was taught, right? Mm -hmm. And we used to sit down and have discussions about the American Express bill. That's how you became known as the Amex killer, right? <laughs> Imagine, I used to say, I said, babe, let's, let's look at the American Express bill, right? And we would go through the bill. And even when in me saying, let's just go through it and discuss it, you would get defensive sometimes. Imagine if I just came to you and been like, bitch, what the fuck is your problem? You spending all this money, you stupid bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's certain ways to approach people where you don't have to condemn them. You don't have to talk down to them. You don't have to belittle them. Mm -hmm. You can say, hey, let's figure this out together how to make this change. Got you. You know so what the I'm delivery, saying? but also to being receptive to hearing something that you may not want to hear. Because then that's when defense mode kicks in. And it doesn't matter how nice and how sweet you deliver that, that message it's not going to be received well anyhow, okay. potentially. In college. Remember when you had to have the talk with me about foreplay, mm -hmm. right? I was 19 years old, and all anybody talk about when you're 19 is you got to drop the grade A, beat the pussy up, right? <laughs> so I used to come from practice, testosterone on high, being like, I'm going to just give my girl the grade A, I'm going to beat the pussy up. And then you had to be like, yo, whoa, whoa, buddy. You're going to have to you know, finesse, finesse this. And yes. you could you came to me in a very peaceful manner. You were concerned about my ego and you didn't mm -hmm. want me to feel away. So you talked to me nice. You mm -hmm. was talking to me nice. You know what I'm saying? You didn't be right. like, you stupid ass nigga. The fuck you doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it there's was a out way. I care for you and care exactly. for my walls. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? But you approached me with love. Yes. You didn't just come and try to just down me and make me feel small and stupid. You mm -hmm. were just like, hey, bro, like calm down <laughs> right. i love you and i want you to love on me a little bit you know mm -hmm. like there's ways and i think people need to learn in today's society too that your truth can be spread with love mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be so angry all the time you know so yep. I and i think that. you know what might, might help that those smaller moments of conversation like for example taking that 
half hour or that hour a week mm-hmm. to just touch base about yes. things that have been happening, how you've been feeling, things that may have you know happened during the week that just kind of are coming to a mm-hmm. boiling point. By doing moments like that more often, you'd probably have a lot less of these moments. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. yeah, it's like putting in the work bits and pieces Abs- to see the greater return on it. Babe, how many times have, or remember the, when the monogamy episode or when mm-hmm. we have the sex episodes, do people who are not married, who, are do, who don't practice these forms of communication often say, how can they talk to each other like this? Mm-hmm. It's because you haven't practiced the art of communicating openly with your spouse that when you hear two people speak like this to each other, it's off-putting mm-hmm. because she's being honest, he's being honest, right. and they're able to receive it and laugh and joke about it. But some people see it as disrespect or, right. you know. But like you yeah. said, we've put in hours of work. Right. So I know you. You know me now. I know what to say or what you can take. You know what to say or what I can take. Mm-hmm. So we're able to, you know, talk to each other openly because right. we've practiced that and we've learned each other. And you a whole lot less of beating around the bush is yeah. getting to the point. Like we don't tiptoe around no more and no. stay mad for a while. And no. Every now and again, I'll see if something's bothering him. He won't say it in that moment, but he'll come within the hour when he was found the right words to say, I about to say but what why? he needed to say. Why? Because you wanted to gather your thoughts and I guess be able to express to me eloquently and delicately how you feel but without me that? having because you're, you're you're fe- not fearful but you're cautious of how yeah, i will receive it absolutely oh god number all six. right we're almost there number six and then seven six is actually on the flip side of number five mm-hmm. but this is something that you talked about mm-hmm. um, biting your tongue on the flip time on the flip side sometimes you have to check yourself to keep the peace you talked about this do you tend to speak before you think saying hurtful things in the process is it sometimes hard to rein in your temper when you're going to get, when the going gets rough if you want to seek peace first, it will pay dividends to learn when to hold your tongue and think about what you're about to say before it comes out of your mouth. Case in point. Case in point. Literally. We don't even got to. We don't even got to touch on that. We just we just talked. It about just co-signed this. what we just said. Yes. So somebody knows something about something not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and number seven, ask for help if your marriage is in trouble and you can't seem to achieve peace on your own. It's healthy and wise to ask for help. A trusted friend, a pastor, mentor, counselor, counselor, um, anyone who can help determine your next steps towards establishing peace in your marriage. Do your best to get your spouse on board and work together with that trusted person in order to get on solid ground. Now, Seek therapy if you need it, y'all. Picking the right person is of paramount importance. Okay. Because if you pick Talk, a friend. Talking with your single friends. That's biased. Married shit. Or a pastor that's biased. Or even if you pick a therapist, because therapists are people too. And if you pick a therapist who's biased on either side, that can hurt your marriage. Mm-hmm. You have to pick someone who has a great perspective and will always stay objective. Yes, because as long as they stay objective and have a a unique perspective, you both can learn. Mm -hmm. Don't seek someone who shares your perspective because then they're seeing everything through your lens and it's not going to help you. You You don't want a yes person on your team all the time. You don't. You need it from a different angle. Yep. Sounds good. Good conversation today. I think we should get into some listener letters. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break and move into listener letters after we get into these ads. See y'all in a little bit. Stick around. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Nier, yes, Nier, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. 
my personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin, and down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we back. Kadeen's favorite part of the show. Baby, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. All right, bet. <clears throat> all right. Hey, y'all. First of all, let me start off by saying I love you both oh so much and have been a fan for a very long time. Thank love you. Love you back, sis. Or, bro, didn't get to see who's writing yet. <laughs> all right. So basically, my boyfriend and I, sis, have been together since we were 18 and now 23 and have a four-month-old baby boy. I'll soon be graduating from undergrad and looking to move on to my master's. Our plan was that we would move down south so that I can finish my education there and because we both want a new beginning. We both technically still live at home, so this is also a big move for us. Mm. But, and that's a big but, y'all, 
My man, on the other hand, is a semi-pro football player and his dreams of making it to the league. He currently not he's currently not in school, but plans on going back and is a manager at his current job. My family thinks that we won't be together long because they say a baby changes the relationship and you're graduating. You're going to want better for yourself. We both don't agree with what others are saying and we're willing to fight for this relationship no matter what it takes. Well, it matters. I don't want him to ever think I don't believe in his dreams or him, period. But how do I tell him that it may be time to hang up his football career and maybe look for a full-time job? He's a hard worker and I have no doubt that he will, he'll help with his part, but I'm afraid that football may stop him from trying to find a full-time position. All right, former pro football player. What do you think? So here's here's the harsh reality to all of my football players, okay? There are 32 teams in the NFL, right? 53 men on the roster. That means 1,500 spots. Mm-hmm. 750 of those spots are retained every year by current players. That means every year there's about 700 to 750 new players who get opportunities, right? Every year, there are over 10,000 players who graduate from college. Mm-hmm. So if you are playing semi-pro football, your chances of making it to the NFL is less than slim to none. Yep. Less than slim to none. Because you got FCS, FBS, NAIA, junior college. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, they are taking football players from other sports. So they're going overseas and finding rugby players, some soccer players to play football because they're looking for athletes. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, young man, if you were not good enough to make it into college, you are not going to get an opportunity in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There has never, and I mean never, been a player who played semi-pro football who hasn't afterwards played in college that got into the NFL. The only people I know who've played semi-pro football who even got an opportunity to even be seen by an NFL scout or the guys who were in their early 20s who after playing semi-pro decided to go to junior college uh, and after junior college ended up in a four-year school so you can be recruited. You will never be recruited to the NFL out of semi-pro football. Just want to be clear. Like that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you two do not need anybody else to validate your relationship in order to make it work. Kadeen's parents, my parents, both told us this was not going to work. Kadeen's friends, my friends, both told us this was Wasn't not going to work. In every aspect of our life, from college, when we first got together, they were like, oh, you 18, you're a Division One athlete, she's a pretty girl, Pff, we'll see y'all in a year. We made it through that. When we were graduating and I was going into the NFL and she was going into TV, mm-hmm. my my teammates, when I got to the league, was like, oh, you got a girlfriend from college? All right, we'll see you at the end of the season. We made it through that. Mm-hmm. Going into TV film, I started to do TV. Kadeem was working in makeup, doing a whole bunch of different stuff. People were just like, oh, you going into TV? We'll see you in a year. We got on social media. Oh, you putting your family on social media? Y'all never make it through social media. Fast forward 20 years later, Kadeem and I are still holding together strong because we don't need anybody else to validate what we want to do with our lives. It's us. Period. It's us. Period. As long as you put the work in to be better and he puts the work in to be better, y'all can do anything Anything. you want. Anything. Except go to the NFL from semi-pro. That's not happening. Oh. Sorry. I'm just being honest. And And, and I'm going to give you some uh, some honesty. That's how DeVal be talking to me. He like, hey, you're not going to do this. You're just not going to make it. That's just what it is. Because I don't want to feed false hope. If he wants to play in the NFL, you have to parlay that semi-pro career to go into a four-year school to get seen. If you're not trying to go to a four-year school to get seen, you're not going to the league, bro. So this don't mean you ain't going. 
This means you got to find yourself in the four-year school first. I don't care if it's NAIA, Division Three, Division Two. You have to find a way. All right, now. That was that. Number Number two. two. Hey, y'all. Okay, let's get into it. I'm 26. I'm in school and working two jobs and going to school full time. My bills are over $3,000 a month. I help my mom with my two younger siblings. She gets disability and there's barely enough to cover rent. So I pay the lights and her car as well as Wi-Fi and TV. My other siblings could care less and they're also not in any better position than I am to help financially. Along with that, I have my own bills, a half mortgage and household bills that my husband and I split. My husband doesn't understand. He comes from a big family who has each other's back and I don't. I come from struggle and having no one. I understand when you get married, it's you and your husband, but does that mean leaving my family to struggle while I'm living comfortably? What do I do? I love my husband, but I would like a man who cherishes my family as much as I do and seems to me he wants me to leave them hanging high and dry. Mind you, helping them doesn't affect our finances. We split everything. This has been bothering me because this is not what I envisioned my husband to be like. Mm. <clears throat> so it said that your husband is just seeing you as an enabler for your family. Yeah. And he's trying to protect you maybe from being taken advantage of. Yeah. That kind of sounds like what's happening yeah. here because yeah. you're the only one. The other siblings caring less and you're caring more. She said her siblings could care less. Yep. Why would he? Why would your siblings care less? Because you're caring too much. Wow. Yep. (laughs) Bow. Bow. Simple. That's pretty much what's happening here, sis. And it may not be that your husband doesn't like your family per se, but they may not like, he may not like the way that they're treating you in this moment because they see that you're going to be able to just support them and continue to support them because that's just what you've been doing. I think the times that we've had family members where we were being that crutch for them or always being the one that they could run to for aid, the moments where we've literally kind of pulled back and allowed them to maybe have a moment where they fell flat on their face and watching them regain their footing Mm -hmm. has been the moments where we're like, ah, so you can do this because you were forced to do this because you had no choice but to do this. Yes, I can be here as a support, but I'm not sitting here to support adults like i'm just not doing that so that might be where your husband's seeing things at sis because y'all have y'all bills well over three thousand dollars a month and then you help your mom and your two younger siblings you're paying the bill the 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 light the car the wi-fi the tv nobody has any reason to attempt to try to get themselves up and moving i don't got nothing to say because uh i agree 100 percent with you you gotta let people fall in order for them to learn how to walk Yep. If you carry people the whole time, what, what, how are they ever going to learn? Right. Regardless of the fact it, that you're doing it comfortably. Because it's right. not even, that's not that's even not the, the issue. That's not the point. It's just making bad habits with people. You can teach a man how to fish or you can give him a fish. If you keep giving him a fish, what happens to him when something happens to, to you? To you. God forbid. You know what I'm saying? That's some perspective too. That's just the truth. If something were to ever happen to you and you can't provide no more, your family's going to fall. Mm-hmm. You have to let them learn on their own. That's part of being a good sibling is mm-hmm. letting them learn. We, yeah. Kadeen and I have both been there. As oldest siblings? Oldest. Yeah. We've been there. And we support each other's families wholeheartedly. Absolutely. You know, supporting your, your parents, we both understand that. Um, it depends on if your mom is a hard worker or not. She didn't explain that. Mm-hmm. But um, your mom can also feel entitled if mm-hmm. you've made it. And now There's she feels like, well, you like made that. it, so now you got to take care of me. You're not you're not responsible for taking care of your mom. This sounds crazy. You should feel a responsibility to help your mom in times of need. 
but your mom doesn't automatically become your dependent. And right. any person who feels like I've had kids so they can take care of me is probably one of the most selfish things I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. I, there will never be a point in my life where I'm just going to sit back and be like, well, Jackson, Cairo, Cash, Dakota, I did this for y'all, so y'all owe me. No. I, you, did y'all didn't ask to come here? Right. Y'all came here off my guilty pleasures. It's not like y'all was sitting back in the universe saying, please, devour, let me free. <laughs> Bring me into that. No. Bring me down. <laughs> right. I have the responsibility to teach y'all how to become successful humans and that's my goal and once i do that i still have a responsibility to protect and provide for my wife and protect and provide for myself absolutely all adults have that anybody who puts that on their kids is messed up so that's it period period all right if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com that's right that's d-e-a-d-a-s-s-a-d-v-i-c-e at gmail.com all right moment of truth time we're talking about peace the pressures surrounding peace and all that. Um, I think my moment of truth today is um, when it comes to peace and as it relates to your spouse, being careful to realize when there are moments that might disrupt peace and using discernment to decide whether or not it's a good time to do so mm -hmm. and finding ways to instead maybe insert a little bit more of those moments of peace so that way you can in turn be having those moments have so that you can in turn have less moments of combat because I think timing a lot of times is everything. If it's a moment where you feel like this piece is necessary and mm -hmm. I can just hold off on something that may be necessarily bothering me in that moment, mm -hmm. let me hold off because Deval deserves a moment of peace or my spouse may not need this in this moment. I think mm -hmm. that's, part of the protection that I said that I like to feel yeah. when I have peace, I think you should also protect your spouse in that circumstance too. So I understand that. It makes sense. It makes sense. Just protecting their, their mental space, their mental health. Mm -hmm. My moment of peace is very simple. Um, my, my moment of <laughs> peace, my moment of truth is very simple. Yeah. Providing peace doesn't come with a gender qualification, mm -hmm. which means just because you're a woman or just because you're a man, you have to provide peace a certain way to your spouse. Peace looks like whatever your spouse needs in that moment. And we as a society of people have to realize that we can't create peace for our spouse by listening to other people's idea of what they think peace is. Mm -hmm. The minute you do that, you're failing your spouse. Mm -hmm. Look at your spouse, listen to your spouse and try to try to create whatever peace they need because they and then will be able to create peace for you. Okay. You know? Peace come, reciprocation of peace comes by creating peace first. Yes. So you cannot, you cannot peace. You know, expect peace yes. or demand peace without being peace to your spouse. Right. It's so. like read the feng shui in the room. <laughs> is it is the feng, is the feng shui peacing or is it not? Yeah. Is it exactly. giving peace or is it not? Read the room. Read the room. Read the room. And to piggyback or to add to my moment of truth, just implement within your relationship, married or not, that whatever percentage DeVal said of time a week to just touch base, mm -hmm. to chat, whether it's over date night, mm -hmm. you know, y'all are making dinner together, mm -hmm. taking a bath together, whatever it may be. A mm lot -hmm. that time frame to just talk about not necessarily even something that's bothering you per se, but saying, hey, babe, you know, this week yeah. I love that you went out your way to get me something to eat and it might not have been Chick-fil-A. <laughs> It might I have knew been it was going to come back to the Chick-fil-A. But you knew what my stomach needed was some food. Mm -hmm. So you were a little late. 
but you got me something to eat. And I love you for that. And I appreciate you for that. And you were my peace in that moment when I could not see. You're right. You're right. You're Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. And if you'd like to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us. Oh, we already did that. Look um, at you. See? Over <laughs> here trying to be facetious. Now he got he lost his place in the script. Let, let me go back to hosting the show. Be sure to find us on social media at Deadass Advice. Nope. Oh! See, there you go. This is what happens. Karma. This Wait. is karma. This Wait. is. Let me try now because you, you messed see, it up. This is how y'all know that we married because shit be going like this all the time. It's fine. Be sure to find us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. <laughs> yes, I am Deval. <laughs> and Kadeen, I am. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, rate review, review, and, and subscribe. subscribe. Deadass. Peacefully. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.